What up, peeps? Hello, Chris. It's your friendly neighborhood, Chris, from the Oddly Specific Podcast. I'm on a different mic tonight. Today's January 19th, 2020. This is the first podcast we've done of the new year. We're the laziest mofos ever. Yep. We're not known for our consistency, but oh well. Do you hear some sort of clicking, Chris? I think it's the table. I have this coffee on the table. Is that better? I think it's your, your wire there. Fucking get it together. How long have we been doing this, man? I'm already fucking this up. All Jesus. Right. Um, is that better? Can you hear the clicking? No, I can't. Okay. Mm, yes, what the can. hell is that? No. Dude, it's the fucking click track. Oh shit. <laughs> Podcast fail. <laughs> All right, we restarting. Yeah, yeah. Are we no, restarting that shit? No, no, I don't no. Think let's, we should. I think we should just fucking let's just keep, keep it going. In there. Yeah, it's, fuck it's, it. It's part of the fun. You just, the, you owe me an apology, motherfucker. You just, budget. you just fucking, you, you were like, you already fucked this up. Yeah. No, I didn't. I fucked it up. You fucked it up. Yeah. Anyway, right. first podcast of 2020. We got a special guest tonight. Our friend Bruno, random Bruno. Bruno is spelled B R U N E A U S. Bruno. If I was from <laughs> the island of Saint Pierre and Miquelon, <laughs> and Miquelon, maybe, perhaps, I, I do not know. So welcome, um, welcome, Bruno. Yes. Should we should we say it like that, like Bruno, not Bruno, just only, Bruno. Only when you're doing your Van Damme impersonation. Hey. You want your Bruno with your big legs and karate? Come on. So we got a lot to talk about, and uh, yeah. Chris, you usually open up uh, the podcast with some stupid story from your weekend, so let's get this shit over with. Okay, well, what did I do this weekend? Let me tell you what I did this weekend. Yeah. Well, Gus isn't here, so I can't pretend that I went to a private Greyhound race. No. Uh, this weekend, I snowblowed this morning with okay. my neighbors. Yeah. Do you have a snowblower? Nope. We have just a communal snowblower in my little... Why don't you actually go to a Greyhound race? That would actually be fun and a little different. Yeah. You know what, Bruno? I, uh, I agree. Here's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> I totally agree. Can you tell me? Do you Google Greyhound races, private Greyhound races? Because I would just want... Have you ever seen that movie? We were, we were talking about Van Damme earlier, but remember that movie Lionheart? Yes. Okay. That's the basis of, I think, subconsciously what I think a lot of rich people do in their secret spare time is they go to these like... Underground parking? Underground parking garages that they all circle around like, you know, it's two people fighting to the death and they're all making like private bets on them. What would be like an that. appropriate underground parking garage in Ottawa though? Oh. Uh, probably, uh, probably the Chateau. Oh, the Chateau. Definitely the Chateau. What about World Exchange Plaza? Mm, the ceiling's mm. kind of low. No, no. Okay. There's not enough weird stuff that's like hidden behind like fake walls and holding up How buildings at all. The Lansdowne parking garage. I, I one of the nicer ones. Yeah, but that's more of like a uh, random meetup for like Highlander. You know, type of oh, immortal, man. immortal fights. Bruno for the win already. Yeah. Jesus Christ, man. That was a, yes. Okay. I think we talked about, if I saw the fucking Kurgan and Christopher Lambert in the Lansdowne parking garage, yeah. I'm getting the fuck out of there. I'm getting, I'm going to the cinemas. Man, the First Kurgan, exit up. The Kurgan definitely belongs in that fucking parking garage. You know, I watched that movie. Highlander is like one of those movies. It's, it's a pillar movie. If you're a geek. Oh yeah. Born. You know, between 1975 and 1990. I want to know both of your opinions. How many movies too long did the Highlander series go? Uh, about everything. He's, he's from like Luxembourg or <laughs> yeah, from, from, you know. No shit. I think he was, or, I think he was, born, he was born in like a colonial African like 
East African nation or something. No, no, no. You're just thinking about Tarzan right now. You're just thinking about like Greystone. <laughs> you're getting it all the legend of Tarzan. The, the legend of Grey. It was a Greystone? I thought Grey so. Greystoke. Greystoke. Stoke, yes. whatever. Yeah. You know, I preferred, uh, um, what's his name's version there? Uh, Rocco uh, Sifredi. <laughs> Rocco Sifredi did it. Oh, yeah, he did. His Tarzan was Animal much, trainer, Tarzan. It was much better. I and okay. much faster. You know, movies are too long these days. I, I got shit to do. You know, 30 minutes. That's it. 39 minutes, whatever it was. That's called an I didn't time of, it. I don't know why it's that long. Patriot Act with Hassan Minaj. Yeah. <laughs> it's like overly short. It's like 18 minutes long. Yeah, but I love that people complain at how long a movie is. Mm. And then we'll sit down an entire day watching Netflix, watching some, binging some show. And they'll go to the movies and be like, you know, uh, Once Upon a Time in the West was way too long. Or Hollywood, or, you know, if you want to be a little more current. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood was long. I don't think it was too long. I don't though. know, but people complain about you watch, that stuff. Did you see it? I did. I did and, see and it. And what, what was your opinion? Um, my opinion was that it is, I ha- mind you, I haven't seen The Hateful Eight yet. Um, you got to see it. Yeah, but uh, I thought it was fantastic. But all I could think about was how um, me and the person next to me that I came with were the only people laughing mm-hmm. throughout the entire movie. And <laughs> Once upon a time in Hollywood. Yeah, yeah. You know, they, they, no one was laughing. Everyone I don't think was that that's unusual. It's, but was, they, there was it, very funny moments in that. It was completely hilarious. The yes. movie was hilarious from beginning to end, and the, you know, no one left. Everyone was enjoying it, but uh, no one started laughing until all the gore at the end. I was like, what, "What's wrong with you people?" And all I could think was, "Is you, you guys don't get it. You don't get it." And I was like, "This movie is not going to do as well as it should." Because it's over people's heads, which kind of made me a little sad. You know, did always, it? Yeah, I like Tarantino. I think he's, uh, you know, it's not that he's underappreciated. It's that phony people say they like his movies when they really don't like his movies. Because you know, it's kind of like the Emperor's New Clothes. It's like, are you wearing a nice, beautiful suit? Yes, of course I am. Because only idiots don't yeah. see this suit. You know, so you, know if- you know, you know. It's funny. I was talking to my kid about. Um, Quentin Tarantino, because funny enough, this is kind of topical. One of the things I did this week. I hope it's topical. It is yeah. topical. This is a talk show. My son is uh, part of the cinema and television program in this high school. He's, he goes to an art school. And he has really gotten into like Jim Cameron, and we watched Kill Bill Volume 1. Jim and, Cameron. You guys are. Yeah, we're on You guys know basis. each other? We always have been. He's yeah. from Wapuska King, Wapusking, Ontario. Oh, you went to his brisk. I went to his. <laughs> <laughs> no. So anyway, we watched Kill Bill Volume 1, and, and my son was like, it was a really good movie. And so was, my daughter said the same thing. So Friday night, get home kind of late, and we watched Kill Bill Volume 2, and they were engrossed. And, and, I, and I watched it, my, and like I watched it, and, and I was like, wow, these are really masterfully done movies. And I was telling him about Reservoir Dogs, which is the first movie that Quentin Tarantino did on a very tiny budget with some big players like Chris Penn. And Harvey Keitel, like he didn't pay any of these Chris guys. Penn, yes, heavy players. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> literally heavy no, players. Chris, not not like big in Hollywood, just fat. <laughs> Chris Penn died of a heart attack at forty two after Fist of the North Star. Well, after, you know, people make choices in life. Yeah, and, they, they make choices. Yes. You know, but happened. It wasn't just that. He also smoked three packs of cigarettes a day, according to Sean Penn, his brother. Well, the Penn's lifestyles aside, Michael continue. Penn. Michael Penn's pretty healthy. But Reservoir Dogs. Michael Penn. <laughs> Wait. Michael Penn, for, you know, do you remember Michael Penn, Bruno? Is that like part of Penn and Teller or no, something? No, Michael Penn was, he was in <laughs> Boogie Nights. He was the fucking recording engineer. And he also had a hit song called No Myth in the 
late eighties, early nineties. Guarantee you've heard that. Song. The only Penn who didn't smoke. He's married to Amy Mann, and he's relatively healthy. Anyway, Chris Penn, dead at forty two. 385 pounds, three packs of cigarettes a day. He was 385 he when was he huge. went? He was huge. And he was in the best of the best. Hey, you know, bring it back to Highlander. Yeah. It's better to burn out than to fade away. <laughs> okay, so check this out. I looked it up, and you guys are way off base with Christopher Lambert. He was born in New York. Oh, you know what? Okay. I, right. Yeah, but where did he? Where was he raised? Well, yeah. he, what he, airline was he whisked off of five minutes <laughs> after his birth? I think it was that. Let's check it out here. No, yeah, he's like Bruce Lee. It's like saying Bruce Lee's from San Francisco. Yeah, he was born there for like while his parents were touring. Born in Great Neck, New York, the son of Yolande Agnes Henriette. That is the most American name I've ever heard. (laughs) A French diplomat. His mom was his mom was Edith Piaf. His father was (laughs) who? Gerard Gerard de What what French dignitary was his dad? Oh man. All I Chris, Chris does an Listen, amazing Christopher Lambert. You got on net. Okay, Christopher Lambert. Take two. Like, take yeah. two. I'm Raiden. No, he's like. I'm Raiden, the god of a. He's like, you've god been invited to participate in marital combat. Invited in marital combat. He was the worst Raiden. Yeah. He was all, but he was in a good movie called The Hunted. Let's pull it out. The Hunted. He was, was in a lot of good movies but until movie, Highlander 2. Okay, Highlander 2 was a bet between two studio executives. They're like, let's just throw a bunch of shit together. The quickening. Oh, it's like Blues Brothers 2. Terrible movie. Terrible movie. No, but I. Blues I, Brothers 2 was awful. But I mean, I don't. It's more than it was awful. It was, it was beyond atrocious. terrible. And the only thing that makes sense to me was that they were sitting around probably at Dan Aykroyd's vineyard getting drunk on like skull <laughs> on skull vodka. Shout out to a good Ottawa boy, you know, St. Pius. He went to your school. He's I, an alumnus hey, of yours. I got a story about him walking into my grade nine French class. That's fine. We'll yeah. get back to yeah, that. Yeah. But they were sitting around and who knows who was there, you know, Belushi, uh, Jim there, or, yeah. you know, Goodman. And he's like, I think they'll let me make a uh, Blues Brothers too. And you know what? I won't even write a script. I'll just steal everything and make it a little more modern, and it'll be the exact same movie, except we'll make it terrible. <laughs> and they'll give us tons of money, and I'll be able to do that, and no one will fight me. And they're all like, nah, you're full of shit. You'll never get that done. He's like, oh, yeah, you think so? Watch me. And I think that's what he did, because it makes no sense. How like how delusional do you have to be Can I? Can I tell to you think you were doing a good job in you, that movie? You are actually more right than you realize, because I'm going to tell you something. You're right. That was a the second and the last studio pitch that Dan Aykroyd, Dan Aykroyd ever did. This is true, what I'm about to say. The only other production pitch he did to a major studio ended up getting rejected by Paramount and accepted by CBC was the Avro Arrow series. That, oh, which was fantastic. Which was great, right? But the reason why no Hollywood studio wanted to touch Dan Aykroyd is because Blues Brothers 2 and also the first movie – that was a steaming pile of diarrhea shit, which was a movie called Nothing But Trouble. Oh, I thought you were going to say John 1941. Candy. No, he did this movie called Nothing But Trouble with John Candy and Demi Moore and Chevy Chase, which was like, that was the point that Chevy Chase's career took a nosedive. Not when he started nosediving into cocaine. He was doing that at the time. He was doing that through the National Lampoon's movies, the Fletch movies. To, you know. to be clear, yeah. there's the diving into the cocaine nose first and his career nose diving. His nose diving career and the 
dusting his nostrils with the white stuff. Is he involved um, at all with the Ghostbusters film that is arriving? He he. Well, I think he's he's a never, producer. He was never part of Ghostbusters. The second one, he was an executive producer, but everybody was an executive producer in the second <laughs> one. Yeah, because it was a success, a successful first movie. But I don't think that new Ghostbusters is going to go anywhere, man. Yeah, have you seen a, a the new, new, new Ghostbusters. Yeah. Nah, I don't know. It's, it's, is it's, it a real new Ghostbusters? Well, it has the original cast, less Egon Spengler, less Harold Ramis because he died. Well, yeah. that maybe he could be one of the ghosts. They maybe, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> CG. Oh, <laughs> you going there? Are you? I'm going to hit hard tonight, Chris. Yes, <laughs> we were discussing this before you arrived. I hope you pick up all the slurping of the hot drinks. Yeah, you I guys like said it was timed. You guys, it was a little break. Yeah, that, was was a like, that was like just double-barreled slurps. You guys had a, a definite uh, slurping <laughs> synchronicity going no, on. I'm hey, not, I'm you not. should appreciate that because I was under the impression in like Eastern cultures, especially the Far East, that slurping was considered to be polite. It is. Is that really? not? It yeah, is. like soup. When you're drinking soup and stuff like that, you're expected to slurp. You should know this. You're Japanese. I should, I'll do that shit all the time now. There you go. You know, it's funny. Actually, both of us, both Bruno and I are Italians. Mm-hmm. You're Japanese. Mm-hmm. We all lost World War II. Yep. I mean, that's the truth. That's I, the, I blame Hitler personally. <laughs> that's the only reason Chris and I are friends. He, he had it in the bag. <laughs> oh, he, my God. Are <laughs> we going there? About? You know, it was game seven. He had the three-pointer, and he fucked it up. Bruniox is... Uh, Bruniox is just going historical. Hey, look, right I now. had to fight, not fight. I got into an argument with a friend of mine who happens to be uh, a Semite. For some of you, that means uh, ethnic, Jewish ethnically Jewish. Right. And he, I guess I kind of understood afterwards because who wants to be, you know, at the mercy of a madman? And, you know, it's kind of embarrassing. Mm. And he was trying to tell me about how he was some sort of military genius. And... You know, I like history. I like uh, reading a fair amount. And I was like, no, he, he was crazy. He was an idiot. You know, he's very charismatic and spoke to people and, and he'd get very upset. But uh, his speeches are uh, a reference I would make. But uh, he, military-wise, he was terrible. And when he stopped listening to his generals, that's when he started losing the war. And I got into this big row with him because he this, this Jewish guy is telling me how... In, brilliant hitler was i was like no no he, he wasn't and it was uh, i thought it was yeah it was fun. a pretty lousy he was a pretty lousy well, he was a, he was either a big delegator or he was a micromanager one or the other but it was more than that what it was is that he was a an idealist in the sense that he had to accomplish his goals without compromising in any way right and he there's like four or five things that if he'd done one of those things differently uh, would have been to our detriment today because he would have won the war. And one part is that he refused to use uh, his Jewish citizens. And what I mean by that was is that you, everyone sort of assumes that if he hadn't started throwing them into camps that they wouldn't have fought and helped the war effort. And um, a lot of evidence shows otherwise that there was a lot of patriotic Jews that would have you know, uh, come up with technology, like scientists that would come up with technology, uh, f- you know, fought, even if he'd made sort of segregated regiments, they probably still would have fought for Germany. So he lost out on this whole section that would have bolstered his his troops, but that wasn't acceptable because that would be compromising, right? And he got overly emotional when uh, uh, Churchill decided to bomb Berlin. And then he started, because they were, if they beat England in uh, the Battle of Britain, way before the Americans got into the war, it would have been so tough 
for the states. They would have had no landing platform. Uh, they would have had no real allies to uh, to fight with from the beginning. Uh, you know, you know, they, you know. I gotta tell you, you know what I'm really blown away by. I told my kids recently about all the shit that we got from Germany like from the Second World War, <laughs> like everything from like. Rockets to microwaves to Velcro and, Fanta. and they, don't forget scat porn. <laughs> scat porn, yeah, like and they were like it's kind of crazy if you look back at all of the technological innovations introduced by Nazis, like in a relatively short twenty five years, like it's kind of nuts. And a lot of this stuff like maintains application in today is technology that we continue to use. Well, you know, I've thought about this Fucked a lot. Um, Fanta. Fanta. I don't think Fanta is Nazi. It is. Is, is, it? is it? Yeah. I, uh, oh really? Okay. That's very interesting. That's awkward. Fact checked myself. So continue. Fanta is not kosher then. We're it's clearly very, not. Let's check it out. Um, no, but I, I I always wondered about that type of thing. You guys ever heard of a book called Shogun? Yes, I have. Yeah, James James uh, Cavell. Yeah, it's probably my favorite book in the sense that it's the book I've read the you know more times than any other book. What's it about? It's about the first, not the first Europeans to land in Japan, but the first like. Anglo-Saxon, like blonde, uh, blue-eyed Europeans to land in um, in Japan because the Portuguese were the first to land in Japan. But you know, general, How, when general, did the Portuguese land in Japan? Um, Mid fifteen hundreds, some somewhere around there. I don't know the exact. So they date. introduced tempura, and then what? <laughs> exactly, but <laughs> they just fucked off after that. Like we're out of here. No, they they the Jesuits landed there and they started converting them and they got <laughs> slaughtered. And there's this whole ugly thing. But the big thing about that you have to understand culturally. Um, or not culturally, but visually, the Portuguese have dark hair, you know, they're relatively short, you know, they're much hairier than Japanese in general, but they're not as much of a culture shock. So this story takes place more when a six foot one blonde, blue eyed Anglo-Saxon man, you know, heading a Dutch trade ship, he's British, but he's the captain or the captain pilot of a British trade ship. They land. But the big thing is, is that it's not the definitive book on Japanese culture by any means, but what it's really good at is sort of, um, you know, showing Japanese culture in a way that is easier for, you, you know, East, uh, Western culture to understand, right? The perspectives, it's, it's explained very well. James Clavell fought in the war. He was, uh, he was in POW camp. Uh, so he... In the Second World War. In the right? Second World yeah. War, right? Like he he was a prisoner to the Japanese and he, you know, he learned a lot about them. He also wrote a book called King Rat that's, you know, about that kind, kind of like a Empire of the Sun mm -hmm. type of scenario, mm -hmm. but as an adult, right? I guess all I'm getting at is it really made me uh, appreciate more, you know, in the, of the mentality of a pre, you know, Hiroshima Japan mm -hmm. and what their culture and language specifically and the way they communicate um, affects how they, you know, perceive and approach problems, right? Like you have, you know, speci not specifically, but most commonly uh, European, Northern European uh, cultures invent a lot of stuff, a right. lot of problem solving. Even in Italy, most of the problem solving, most of the res res uh, Renaissance happened in the north right uh, where you have to innovate but then what japan seems to be really really good at is they didn't invent as many things but they're really really good at taking stuff 
and like perfecting it. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. You know, and, but that's partially to do with their culture because, you know, they really sort of push and, you know, Todd can step in there anytime. That doesn't matter. Todd, you know everything about no, Japanese. but in case in case I'm speaking out of turn, right? <laughs> reverse engineering everything. No, but it's not just the reverse engineering. They have a philosophy of you know it doesn't matter if you're a CEO or the fucking janitor. Yes. You do your job to the best of your ability, and yeah. you figure out the, the honor is in doing it well, right? And against not, shame. It's it. Listen, I you're right, and then, I mean this is a serious topic. I was I was watching a show. Can I tell you to hold for one second, mm-hmm. just so I. Okay, so during the Second World War, a trade embargo was established against Nazi Germany, making the import of Coca-Cola syrup difficult. To circumvent this, Max Keith, the head of Coca-Cola Deutschland, decided to make a product for the German market using only ingredients available in Germany at the time, hence Fanta. I think they pronounce it Fanta. 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 No, back to what I was saying. Sig Fanta. Sig Fanta. I was watching a um, a show, a culinary show, about the art of making ramen. Man, fucking Japanese. They make that shit perfectly sexy. Oh. The way they fucking fold the noodles into the plate, add the broth, add the accoutrement. The finished piece is incredibly aesthetically pleasing. It's like it's like a, you get a boner looking at this shit. No, it's that's, nuts. that's peasant food. All right? It's and, peasant and it's food, not saying but it's that beautifully I don't prepared. Like, yeah, yeah, but what I'm saying is what you have to understand is – Compare that to what they do with like their tea ceremonies. Look up oh, yeah, Japanese yeah. Ter- tea ceremonies and look up traditional Japanese desserts. And the stuff they do with that will blow your mind. And My sister did one of those. Like she was learning yeah. about the ceremony. Man, the shit they then. do with fucking cutting up blowfish and shit. Yeah, so, yeah. Fucking but, what? That's perf- that's precision. So that's like you you need to fucking own your shit to be able to pull that off. Here's a little thing. Okay, I was I was reading about this uh, recently. There's this series of books, and they're called Missing Four One One, and I've got all into it. Anyway, what I was looking into this week is it's something in Japan called the Johatsu. Johatsu. Which is thousands and thousands of people that just disappear off the face of the planet, like they disappear okay. themselves. I saw that anime. Yeah. <laughs> yes, out of shame. That was good. I think it was called uh, Darker <laughs> Than Black. It was. It was quite good, actually. It's probably in my top ten. So you have you have a huge sort of population. I guess they're guessing like a hundred thousand or more mm-hmm. of people who just went off the grid. Because of shame, like they okay. cheated on their spouse or they fucked up at work or they got fired and they just couldn't face their family members. So they just like at all, they, they sort of converge on, on these suburbs. I think they're in Peru. And in Peru as There's well. There's so many Japanese. <laughs> <in Peru. laughs> yes, I think yeah, they I just went yeah. to Peru. Yeah. yeah. So they, uh, they've just gone off the grid, just, right. you know, disappeared from their families and everything. Right. Would you guys ever do that for any reason? Just disappear? Um, yes. Yeah. Not me. You wouldn't? Uh, fuck 100%. no, man. Yeah? I've, I've thought about it in great detail. I don't know if I'd ever actually <laughs> thought do about it in great detail. Oh, yeah, yeah. Ghosting no, everybody? Yeah. yeah. You know, I put down payment on like an electric truck, four-wheel drive, just uh, drive as far as I can, get the solar panels, hang out for a week, you know. You'd pull, uh, you know what? You a say, little subsistence. There's a, there's a movie with James Woods called Salvador where he de- he did that. Do you, have you guys ever seen this movie? No. Uh, I wish I have because I love James Woods. Uh, he, James Woods is brilliant. He, you know, yeah. He fucking just drove from New York City to El Salvador and just like was like fuck it, I'm leaving. Just fucking drives to Salvador. But there's a lot of that stuff. What was the one with uh, was it Eli Hirsch or what? No. Oh, into the into, into the, wild. the wild. I that, a buddy gave that to me. Did you like it? I thought it was a good movie. I hated it. Well, that was a good movie. No, Sean Penn I, directed that movie. Oddly enough. Yeah, and that doesn't make me like it more. But um, 
No, someone gave it to me and they're like, oh, you really like this because you, you know, you like camping, you like going into the wild. He's an idiot. Yeah. I was like, the guy's, the guy's a fucking moron. And then he kills a moose with a 22. What did he do? Shoot it in the eye? <laughs> Repeatedly. <laughs> really? Yeah. I was like, that's a lie. Cause apparently everything's from this kid's journal. Right. And he's in fucking Alaska and he has a 22 with him and no fucking fishing rod. Or no yeah. net. You don't even need a fishing rod. You need a net. There's so many fucking fish up there. Right. You sit in the stream. You got to worry more about a grizzly coming after you than you do catching a fish down there. Mm-hmm. And he he dies eating some, what, a mushroom or some I, seed or something that he... I think he just starved, to be honest with you, man. He, like, he got sick or whatever eating something. It was no, like he, a, he wrote a note, apparently. Yeah, like, if, it, you, if you read the book about his yeah. thing, like, he, he, he knew he was dying because yeah. he... Apparently, there's two similar roots or plants or whatever down there. And one, they look almost the same, except one has a little red. Or I can't remember. I saw it so far ago. But if you eat it and you don't get treated, it doesn't allow you to, like, absorb nutrition or something like that. And you, like, slowly sort of shut shut down. And this guy, you know, like, instead of bringing up a whole bunch of, you know, non-perishables and a fishing rod instead of a fucking twenty-two, which a twenty-two is useful, don't get me wrong, but if you're not an actual hunter, like, he would have been better off with some brass wire and a fishing rod, and he could have snared some rabbits, and he could have caught some fish, and he would have been perfectly fine, you know, instead of killing a moose with a twenty-two and then spoiling... Like this, this guy can kill a moose with twenty two, but then he can't smoke the meat properly. Yeah, that's he fucked it up. You the the worst part, not survive. No, but then the other thing is, yeah. is that when I had all the grubs on it, the funny thing is the meat's bad. Yeah, but then the grubs are good. Are perfectly fine. <laughs> well, what are the grubs? The the fly maggots larvae, and, yeah. whatever. Like the maggots. like the maggots. Oh, you lots can eat of protein. Them. They're completely healthy to eat. Just oh. don't eat the head. You basically grab their head. You know, I'm not saying and run you, to your you, restaurant, you, your favorite restaurant, eaten, and ask for grubs. No, I've had like grasshoppers and I've had ants and stuff like that, but I haven't had actual grubs or maggots. But I am aware, and you know, anyone that's going to go do something like that should be aware that, yeah, like if you need to and you have spoiled food or you come across a carcass or something like that, you can grab the maggots. You pinch, you don't want to eat their heads because one, they taste terrible, and I don't think they're the best for you. Tastes terrible. Less no trans. No, apparently the other ones don't taste too too okay. bad. But you grab by the head and you just bite off. You know, you rinse them off or whatever else. Get the you know wow. rotting carcass meat off of it, and uh, and you bite it off, and you're you're good to go. And then you uh, go to the lady and say, um, you know, I got some good blood circulation going here. Uh, <laughs> are you feeling? Are you feeling what I'm feeling? You know, but that might. Wow. You no, know, that might just be me. Yeah. The other thing too was he he couldn't get out because of this raging river, but if he had walked like a mile and a half up the river, there was a bridge. Yeah, over I think it. he wanted to die. I think yeah. he wanted to just commit suicide effectively. Well, no, he was like obsessed with Call of the Wild. He just wanted to get out there. I just like remember you remember that story of that dude, the bear whisperer, the guy who was like constantly like fucking hanging out and playing with bears, and then one just ate the shit out of him one day. Yeah, yeah, that, that was documentary. Uh, that was a yeah. Who did that? Werner Herzog, I think it was Werner uh, Herzog. Yeah, and he who's the weirdest fucking guy? He's in the Mandalorian. Oh, it's fantastic in the Mandalorian. He's fantastic in the Mandalorian. But like, you see the footage of him getting shot. 
from, from the Mandalorian? No, no, no. In like he's in an interview and he gets oh, shot. Oh no, oh yeah, that he actually gets shot yeah. by a sniper in Los Angeles. It's like it's it's a pellet gun though. Yeah, but he gets shot. But it's kind of funny. He's like, and, and oh. he's oh, I think I've been shot. Yeah. Oh, I've been shot. <laughs> I've been shot, I think. But yeah. he's like he's a weird he's you know what he's he's a renaissance man a bit, Werner Herzog. Yeah. He's a writer, he's a director, he's an actor. So he said he he had the footage, right? When mm-hmm. the bear mm-hmm. ate this man alive. And yeah, but he didn't want to like, release it. No, and but I think there's audio in that movie. Oh God, dude, huh. that's horrendous. Fuck that. Things you don't uh, have to see. Have you never seen The Lion King? I believe it's called The Circle <laughs> yeah, of Life. That's... Yeah, I don't want to see how the sausage gets made in the kitchen. You know what I mean? That's the best part, man. No, no, no I'll pass. Thanks. You can watch that on your own. If Ignorance you want. is bliss. Is that is that this? Uh, more like I care about my own mental health. So yeah. I have some soil and green for you. <laughs> yeah, I'll take it. I love yeah. how Chris can watch No Country for Old Men and like with that. Oh, totally. You know that's what they do to the, the cattle. cattle it's a cattle right? prod. Yeah. I. Uh, you know what? Well, I, I can. Prod, I, I can intellectually reconcile that there's a lot of shit, like war, slaughtering, all mm-hmm. that stuff that I, I can't see. It'll just yeah. ruin me. Did you like No Country for Old Men? I thought Fantastic. it was a great, great book mm-hmm. and a great film. That what was about probably, The Road? The Road was a was also a great book and a great film, but man, the book is really fucking dark. Yeah. And the movie is almost equally as dark. Like it's it's very heavy. Okay. And if you have kids, man, it's like I remember I remember like um my mom got me that book when my my kids were like three. Mm-hmm. And she's like, You're gonna love this because you have a son. And I read it. It was pretty engrossing, and I was like, this is so depressing. I never want Leo to leave house, to leave the house. I, I want to protect him at all. I want to put him on my back like fucking 3PO and Chewbacca, like and just fucking run around with him to protect him. You know, it was, it was that, it was that, you know, just dark. Yeah, it was. It and was scary. Uh, it's very know? dark. So, I always thought he did that to protect himself. You know, eyes in the back of your head. And talking he about got Chewbacca? Shot yeah. <laughs> I thought it was I think like, it was born more out of necessity if, than anything. He had to get 3PO out of wherever he was in Empire when that happened. Yeah, you know, I remember he got shot. He's putting him back together. But yeah. I was like, oh, fuck this. You know, I'm putting him on my back and it's an early detection system. Might have and been. I won't get shot in the back. Might have know? been. Chew- People don't give Chew- Chewbacca credit. You're absolutely right. Also, you know, it's funny. I was reading about how Colin Trevorrow, they released his version of the Episode Nine script. Mm-hmm. Now, have you seen Episode Nine? I have seen Episode Nine. We should kind of talk about this. Like, I'm actually very, uh, I haven't looked into it at all, but I really want to see, because I know it's mostly just notes and that he left, right. you know, a direction that he was very upset that they weren't following. But I wanted to see how close or how far uh, Lucas's original intentions, because, you know, I, I have a buddy who's probably the only guy I know that's a bigger Star Wars fan than me or my brother. But uh, in his mind, Lucas can't do any wrong. Mm-hmm. And I just keep pointing at episode one through three, even episode four, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Like he was smart a enough. A New Hope. You're talking about yeah, New Hope. Yeah, New Hope is, a, there's a lot of theft. But um, that aside, he he can't write dialogue. Oh, I agree. Uh, you know, George he, Lucas he had is to a get, terrible dialogue writer. He had to get it's English actors. Course. But I mean, when you have English actors... They can say ridiculous things, and you're like, "Oh, that makes sense. It's a British accent. You know, I'm not going to question that at all." Yeah. But then, if anyone else says it, you're like, "This is this is ridiculous." Hayden Christensen, let's uh, say. I remember. I remember when the the prequels... I actually tried to audition for that. Really? Yeah, I was 16 at the time, and they're having open auditions in Toronto, which Hayden Christensen probably would have been at. And I really wanted to go, and I told my dad, I said, "I, I want to figure out how to get down there to, to 
step out and do this, you know, because my hair was a little bit lighter at the time. And I thought, yeah, I could, you know. You could be Anakin? I wanted to try at least. I thought it'd be fun. It was that'd an be, open casting that'd be call. That'd fucking crazy. Yeah. But then part of me didn't want to, I, I, I didn't go because my dad didn't really take me seriously. thought I was joking. And I didn't have the money to like book a ticket or, or get down there at 16. Uh, not not by the time I heard about it, and uh, but then part of me was like I I like this stuff too much. Do yeah, I you really want to be part of it and not get to enjoy it? And the truth is, you know, the chances of me getting the the role were extremely low. But as a kid, as a snot nosed sixteen year old, I was like, they gave the part to a Canadian. I totally had a chance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Well, he was in. What was he in before that? He was in oh, that the House of Something with uh, Kevin House? Klein. Glass House was it called? Or my or? house is my house heart. in the middle of the street or something. No, like no, that. yeah, it was something about like his dad's dying and yeah, they're building like, a house together. It was like and a he's, serious drama. And Wait, he, what's her name? Maloney. That's like in every like she played a sixteen-year-old till she was like thirty. This is hilarious. There. Jenna Maloney. Jenna Maloney. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I, I saw that movie, the Kevin Klein movie. But they, they said he did. Uh, he had a really good performance in that. Right? No, God, no? no. They gave him that role because he never acted before. And uh, they're like, let's find yeah. him the most dramatic role so we can break him in so that when he has to sit next to Natalie Portman, yeah. which I would not have to act at all. Yeah. And are you kidding? I was like, what, 10 years old when The Professional came out? I was obsessed. And then Beautiful Girls, uh. all I could think of. For you know, probably two or three years of my life, from like ten years old till thirteen years old, was Natalie, Natalie Portman. Portman. And then when she was like part of Star Wars, and Ewan McGregor, which I also loved, mm-hmm. was part of Star Wars. I was like, all my favorite people are in this movie. Mm-hmm. I'm. It's going to be the greatest movie ever fucking made, <laughs> ever made. Anakin, right? it's time for both of us to double team oh, Padme. <laughs> that whole first movie was not necessary. I was actually telling Todd while we were waiting for you, Chris, because mm. you're so punctual. Yeah. Oh, uh, I'm I'm right on time. No, yeah, you're yeah, not. yeah. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. I'm right on time. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Let, let us let us but go ahead. Sure. Um, we were talking about how <laughs> we would, or at least how I, if I had the time and the patience, right, and the inclination, that I would write a whole treatment for mm-hmm. how I thought. Like, I'm very opinionated about how I thought the Star Wars movies should have been played out uh, in hindsight, which is, mm-hmm. you know, that's not a big deal critiquing something after someone's put effort <laughs> and time and money into it and just me totally sitting, fair, totally me fair. just sitting in a dark room yeah. in my otaku just lifestyle. Just ripping it apart, yes. yeah. Yeah, you know, that, that, that's not important, right? But that and also the James Bond movies, which we could come back to. But uh, no, like the first movie is completely unnecessary. Completely unnecessary. Now, right? why do you, wait, 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 are you talking about the Phantom Menace? The Phantom Menace. Is unnecessary. The Phantom Menace should have been like a prologue, like four minutes max, even if you wanted to include that stuff. Right? Okay. It should have been like, you know, you barely see the Jedis like running through a dark alley or in the middle of something, you know, there's a conflict and somehow they have this baby and they like fly off the planet, almost like when Rey's remembering her childhood. Okay. Right? It should have been something like that. You don't need to know. All you need to know is he doesn't really know who his parents are. But then afterwards, the Jedi aren't supposed to know who their parents are. So there's this whole freaking thing. Or maybe he does remember, but they take him. But they don't have to get into the nitty gritty. You just have to know that he got separated from his parents at a young age. Right. Fast forward. He's 16, 18, whatever you want him to be. Young man, Padawan with, you know, and, uh, with uh, Kenobi. 
You mean his mom, right? Like not his parents. His, well, he has to have the connection. Parent. They really wanted him to have the connection to his parents because it was just one more thing that like pushed him over the edge, losing his mom and this right. fear of losing his mom. But I, I wouldn't have taken that angle. I would have taken more of the angle that, you know, they got him. Mm-hmm. It's a weird sort of circumstance. It's not normal for not. It's not done the same way that all the other Jedi's were done. But they brought him because he was special. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily the chosen one. Not necessarily the fucking you know immaculate conception, which I thought was stupid. But besides the point, which didn't really deter from the story. The midi chlorians. Yeah, whatever. You know, you want to explain shit. That's they fine. abandoned that fucking shit hard. Yeah, yeah. not a bit. But it, it was it was, it was not even mentioned in the new movies. It's not. It's not relevant in the new movies. It wasn't relevant in the second movies. It's just because people wanted to understand why, so he felt the need. But I'm getting off track there, and I don't want to make this too long. They've done that. You know, he meets Padme or whatever else. They have their thing. Either um, the war starts at the end of that movie mm-hmm. or the war starts at the beginning of the next no not even the war starts at the end of episode one right episode two is the end of the war tailing out right and then episode three is you know like he would turn at the end of episode two right and at the episode in episode three he's vader he's a badass he's hunting everybody down because if i had one complaint about star wars more than anything else would be the fact that the inconsistency in the, I don't know what you want to call it, the ratings, you know, their power, like guys, like I, I really, that really, really irks me that when guys are supposed to be like so strong and then they're so inept or they're being defeated by other people, you know, how, how, how does that work? You know, you guys were talking about uh, Darth Maul. Mm-hmm. So, Darth Maul gets defeated by a, you know, not inexperienced, but a not not a full Jedi Obi-Wan. But then Obi-Wan, you know, then he fights him later on. Like, I can't remember all the scenarios, but there's so many scenarios where guys are mismatched and they're somehow losing to this guy that's way stronger than him. Like Asajj Ventress is, you know, kicking Anakin's ass all the time. In Clone Wars, so you're I saying there's mean, like, yeah. a, like I'm like, wait, wait, where does this? And I get it, you can say, well, he's better at sword fighting, and he's better at you know, force manipulation and healing, and they have their strengths and their weaknesses and other things, but I don't think there's enough thought into it. Like then you have Ben and uh, Ben and Vader at the end. Like I get it, he's an old man. There's just no consistency. Okay, and, what about this? Here's a good example. What about the fact that? Um, Yoda, in, in essence, um, is stalemated by Dooku, mm-hmm. right? And then Anakin beats him. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. That's yeah. my whole point. Yeah. And then, you know, Palpatine, is Palpatine strong? Is he not? Is he just use his, he, he gives himself over to the force? But I don't, so I, I don't want to, like, I, I, you know, just playing devil's advocate, you know? This is like, you know, I was watching some UFC this weekend. Sometimes people have good days and sometimes people have bad days depending on the motivation and the circumstances, right? Like look mm-hmm. at the Dooku loss, for instance. Dooku was a little older at that point. Mm-hmm. He was performing in front of the Emperor. He mm-hmm. was countering two seasoned Jedis. Anakin was stronger. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can kind of buy it. I can kind of buy that he fucking, he eats it, you know? And maybe he was more at the top of the game. He was more confident on Genosha. No, Anakin know? should have been able to beat Dooku. In Attack what? of the Clones? No, not in Attack of the Clones. 
What I'm saying is, is that Yoda should have been able to handle him no problem. Yeah, Yoda that, should have been able to wipe the floor with him. I don't think Yoda wanted to kill Dooku. No, but he doesn't have to kill him. That's that's my whole point. He could have caught him, or at least I think he should have been able to catch him. I mean, you're but making, it was like, you're making oh, a point. You're making a point. Yeah, they, they do the whole thing that he ha- it was either catch him or save uh, or let Anakin like catch him, let Anakin die. I guess mm-hmm. maybe that's a bad example, but. But go back to the thing you mentioned about Darth Maul, because I think you had a point there. I thought it was kind of bullshit. You know, for the whole, for all of the Phantom Menace, Darth Maul is an interesting, this is an interesting character. Yeah. What's his arc? His arc ends with him getting cut in half in the most ridiculous fucking acrobatic, you know, move by a Padawan. Oh, and he just stares at him, too. Yeah. He's just yeah, like, I'm just, just going to watch you. No, well, no defensive and he gesture. Di- and he didn't have the high ground, <laughs> mind you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He didn't have yeah, the high which, ground. You know, that yeah. was the, the irony was not lost on me. But the, the, the point I'm, I'm making is, like, you fucking cut this guy in half, this super badass assassin Sith, years of training and, and, and subterfuge and, like, secrets and all this stuff, and, you, and he gets fucking cut in half by a Padawan yeah. who jumps out of a pit, rolls over him, force... Well, force fucking tractors his fucking lightsaber it, oh but he also couldn't throw his lightsaber because no guy has ever thrown their lightsaber like a boomerang he's only three <laughs> feet out of the way yeah, and yeah. somehow he can't reach him yeah, yeah. what the f- yeah, yeah it was well, bullshit it, it was bullshit it was bullshit it was weak. to me anyway yeah it was in weak that, it wasn't bullshit it was just weak well it was weak and bullshit in my opinion because darth maul had just been handling qui-gon and mm. Uh, yeah, agreed. Uh, you know, agreed. Definitely. By the way, you he know? was he was full on yeah. fucking dealing with both of these fucking. Yeah. Guys. He was playing with them. He was toying yeah. with, them. with them. Like, them. It, was like a, totally it was like a, with your, them. it was your cat catching yeah. a mouse yeah. and being yeah. like, "I'm yeah. gonna kill you now." Yeah, yeah. maybe. Totally. Yeah. Maybe not. So yeah. I think there was a big waste with him, but he did end up, you know, showing up again in the you know the cartoons. And the funny thing, and the funny thing is, is is that, and you know, he showed up at the end of Solo. I'm hoping he shows up in in the Kenobi show, man. Well, here's the thing now. Taika Waititi has signed on to do the next Star Wars movie. Mm -hmm. The rumor I read online was that he's going to do a Sith Sith movie. So either Darth Vader or a Darth Maul movie. Probably a Darth Vader movie. That's that's where my mind is on. But see, the thing with Darth Vader, which I've always found, well, not always, but really, really disappointed me, is having him get injured Mm -hmm. so quickly Mm -hmm. after turning, Mm -hmm. you know, like within what, like a day or two? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Right? gives no opportunity to write a storyline or like inject stories into that because it's basically goes Anakin suit, you know, he's like, I've all of a sudden embraced the power of the dark side. And that same afternoon after I killed, you know, 500 children Padawans, cause you know, I'm a, punk, not a nice person. I'm a punk bitch. Do you think that's do you think that's why they did that though? Is they sort of largely ignored Darth Vader's exploits is so that you'd you would have the ability to sympathize for him at the end of Return of the Jedi? Well Because really yeah. he went around slaughtering. No, and, shit and you know what? In the extended you know? canon, like if you've read the comics yeah. or the books, he was not good. Man, man. He was like when, that's what I mean, is like what is the interesting shit, at least that exists, yeah. is his like every, I think everybody just assumes he was like a high-ranking member no, of the he Imperial was, after uh, Revenge episode, of the Sith. No, yeah. no. Palpatine was like, no, bitch, you got to fucking earn your way. Yeah. Moff Tarkin's my guy. Yeah. And you actually serve like the military brass. 
And he was like on his own for a while. He had to fucking go kill a lot of people to earn yeah. the respect. Well, of the he had, uh, he still controlled the same, uh, not Legion, but what did they call it? The, the fifth, uh, the fifth was his, uh, group, right? So what he had from the war, mm-hmm. he kept the same guys. Like I know they have, uh, was it not Cody? Uh, there's commander Cody and captain, um, the blue guy there. He had the one clone that shows up in Rebels afterwards. Mm-hmm. But yeah, if well, they also said that none of that stuff applied anymore. You know, they sort of, yeah, they, they, mean, they painted mm-hmm. it with a big brush and like, we're, we're starting over. But, you know, the thing that they sort of had that, yeah, he still had the fifth yeah. under his command and that, you know, that's what he worked with. And that was under his complete purview. But that was just the one, you know, battleship or the, you know, uh, Star Destroyer battle group that he was in charge of. But other than that, yeah, he wasn't, uh, it, he wasn't at the top it, it, for he, sure. He's an interesting character that had an, had an interesting arc for 20, almost 30 years yeah. in the Empire, essentially trying to maintain favor with the Emperor. And I don't know. I, I think that would be an interesting story. Like, you know, he, he was essentially assigned to all the Inquisitors, apparently. Like, they all the Inquisitors indirectly report or directly reported to Darth Vader for a period of time. I got to go play this game. What, Battlefront 2? No, Jedi Fallen Order. But the other thing, too, is it's like the responsibility of the apprentice to kill the master, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah, so that's at least what Sidious expected anyway. Well, but that's what what he did, and that's what everyone did before them. So, you know, he inherently does not trust any of his underlings, right? Right. So that's the other reason he would put them under, you know. The other thing, too, is he probably didn't trust them because he probably knew he was a big softy. You know, you ever read, um, you ever read the... um, was it the Bounty Hunter? Uh, I forget the name of the series, but the first one was Mandalorian Armor. No. So it was like Mandalorian Armor. Uh, then afterwards, it was Slave Ship, I think. And then like Django not- Ship. Yeah, but it's okay. not called Slave One. It's called like Slave Ship, I okay. think. And it's All not right. Django. Well, it's. But see, in this, there was no, there was no Django. Like they have a whole thing about him going to one of the shipyards, and like he's. That's why they had to kind of get rid of some of the stuff. But in the book, he actually. Um, commissions the ship to be built okay right and they go through that but um there's a whole sequence where they sort of like talk about vader and vader because he's the one who's you know giving them work all the time and using the bounty hunters guild but you know that chamber in uh empire where they sort of open up and they're putting on, yeah, yeah, like this is the, the hyper, hyperbolic, the, Mike, the the fucking Michael Jackson chamber, he has, yeah. Well, I, I like to think it's like a <laughs> Bubble Boy, you know. Yeah, yeah. it's uh, yes. it was the Moops. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the Moors. It was the Moops. Uh, but uh, so what he would do in this, or at least in the book, what they would talk about is that he would use his strength and his power with the Force, and he would heal himself completely. But for some reason, it was sort of this weird thing that he really had to delve into the dark side and just get really angry and really upset about stuff. And he'd make in that way, he'd become strong enough to completely heal himself. But then the second he healed himself, he was like, Yay, I'm healed. And then it would all like go back to normal. Like oh. he had to like maintain that anger to maintain that like strength or that. Which connection. was virtually impossible. Well, yeah, because he'd so as soon as he succeed, he'd be like, I'm so happy. And they'd be like, <laughs> 
you know, house, <laughs> house of cards, dominoes, whatever, whatever analogy you want. And I was like, that is hilarious. It was written in such a serious way. And all I could think of is there's a, there's a joke in there. So what he grows limbs back and shit? Apparently, yeah. Like in in if you listen to I'm it, like whole again. Complete, ah! <laughs> yeah, you know, and that's what he would do in this chamber. He would heal himself and then <laughs> revert and heal himself. But, you know, I gotta revert. be honest. With you, that's that's another thing with Vader as a story. Like I, I do think it's kind of bullshit. You couldn't at least get a fucking better suit. No, come he, on. Well, you know, going back. To, I know the thing, but it's just like, come on, fuck. Like, oh, well, he really liked Japanese shit. You know, he uh, yeah, wanted to be a samurai, and he couldn't have he couldn't have like fucking upgraded it a little bit so that like just you know wasn't as I don't know like, like well they had to make it look kind of spacey and they probably didn't want to make it look too Japanese like if you look at some of the Knights of Ren like they look like some of uh, Lucas's draw like sketches of what he gave to um, yeah uh, I can never pronounce it. it's McCary McCory McCory Ralph McCory yes but. Um, yeah, yeah, Ralph McQuarrie, right? Yeah, yeah. He, yeah. he did all the conceptual drawings yeah. and stuff like that. And Rebels is all, if you look at it really closely, it's, yeah. they use, they, they pull. Take a lot of cues from it. Yeah. yeah, they pull a lot of the old drawings, which I really, really like. But, um, you know, the other thing too, and I don't think a lot of people realize this, is Yoda is also Japanese. He looks like an old Japanese. Well, fucking. there's that part of it too, but he speaks as if he's, he's translating <laughs> directly from Japanese, <laughs> which makes me wonder... If you're watching the movies in Japanese, does Yoda use like an English, not tense, but like sentence structure? Well, let's because check it he's out. using because he's using Japanese because I'm trying to learn a little bit of Japanese, mm -hmm. and the more I learned that, I was like the sentence structure. This is how this is how Yoda talks. That let's whole backwards, up. that whole backwards speak. A clip of Yoda in Japanese. Yoda, but you have to you have to be able to speak Japanese to understand if he's. Speaking backwards or not, like, are you fluent in Japanese? No, I took it uh, when I was three to five, and then again in high school. But I didn't have anyone to practice with, so I forgot it all. Oh, well, well, not all, but okay. Learn. Remind me of my Lego when I was young. <laughs> <laughs> it's not as nice as a pillow. Luke meets Yoda, Japanese dub. Here we go. Are there subtitles? I don't know. So it sounds like Hattori oh, Hanzo. No, 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 no. You know who it sounds like? The guy with the bug eye. The guy with the bug eye. Yeah, the guy with the one eye that sticks out. Where does he show up in oh like I don't know if he's Japanese or if he's Chinese, but it really reminded me of not like uh is he in? Uh, oh, he was in. Is he in Little China, like uh, Big Trouble in Little China? Or? Uh, he was in oh, the Jane, Golden Child. James Wang. Oh, the guy. Yes, yeah. the guy from the Golden Child. Yeah, yeah. And, he reminds, and Big Trouble in Little yeah. China. Yeah, yeah, that's what he looks like. He's like, oh, like little troublemaker, like a little Japanese leprechaun. Yeah, is he, what he, he gives like. all the fucking crew, the San Francisco Chinese gang. He gives them the potions. He's like, we all feel great. <laughs> oh, he gives man. them all the fucking Witcher fucking sauce. That guy uh, is amazing. What happened to that guy? He died. Okay, he died. That's that's you know that's the circle I gotta, of I gotta, life. I gotta, I gotta tell you, I know it's a circle of life, but. At least he wasn't eaten by a bear. No, but he was, um, man, the fucking Golden Child. What an underrated movie. That was fucking tons of fun when I, I was a kid. I, I, I want I, the knife. I, I want the knife. <laughs> no, no, but you got to do it. You got to, I want the knife. <laughs> you, have, you have to use, what, what do they call it? The pin? Or, I can't remember. Uh, I haven't seen whatever. that movie in so it's, long. It just came on Prime, man. All I know is that the girl, the love interest, was 
a fucking eleven. She was super hot. Yeah, but she was like Filipino or something. She like was that. no, she was Nepalese. No. Oh, was she actually? Oh, yeah, she Nepalese? was actually from Nepal. Ah, very interesting. She was like a real looker back because I remember her and Daryl Hannah. I was she like, was a real looker. She was yeah, because in the eighties, in the eighties, they really liked putting ugly women in movies. That was it. Was Listen, very uh, rare for them to <laughs> misrepresent, you know, uh, cultures and how attractive they are. But they did put some gems, Man, dude. Daryl Hannah and Splash. I mean, that was my first love. Daryl Hannah. Oh fuck, really? Yeah. And also Daryl Hannah in Blade Runner. In Blade Runner, yeah, she she was really she hot. Was in Blade beautiful. Runner, I have to admit, but she the, was beautiful. There was, Melanie Griffith in Something Wild. Beautiful. I, I don't know. It just body I've heat. Tried beautiful. making love to a mannequin, and it's just the intensity's not there. Wow. Okay. Well, <laughs> that's a question out. coming out. Hey, oh, you know, no hey, you know, to like to get on another, <laughs> not to get on too much of a topic, but it's so crazy. They're getting so good with these dolls that they're not even making them look like real women anymore. They're making them no, look I... like anime characters and stuff like that. So there's like this realistic esque version. Like big eyes, whatever else, right? Of these like anime characters, and it's fucking. Nuts. It's actually and true. This dude. is this is how this is how nature is gonna solve all these problems. Alita Battle right? Angel, like what? No, no. I in, wish in Japan, man. In I Japan, wish. there are publicly traded companies. There's about nine of them, almost ten of them, that are doing like life dolls like this, oh. and increasingly culturally in Japan, a lot of Japanese men are just and women are op, are are opting for these life dolls because they're busy. Uh, I don't know. I don't they know don't what the deal the is, but it, it's, they're publicly traded companies. They make so many of these, and they're so sought after. And they also have a huge following in in China and South Asia. Like they're huge. They're coming huge. over here now too. Yeah. They. I remember seeing the first one like fifteen. I remember one time one of the whatever we had our cable in. They had like a preview weekend, and they like opened yeah. up all the state, all the channels, and uh, I would have been like. 16 or 17 at the time and i was like thank you jesus and we got the playboy channel for a, <laughs> for a week and i swear to god if anyone oh left god. the house all that was on was the playboy channel for like a straight week i lost 10 pounds in bodily fluid <laughs> so much kleenex so much tissue <laughs> But they had this special, like it wasn't all just like, you know, they had to try to put in this real content and they would have this one show that was always um, looking at the latest and the greatest and the new things in sort of the toy mm -hmm. industry. Mm -hmm. And they just started coming out with these like realistic dolls or I don't know how real they felt, but they looked fucking real. And I saw something not too long ago was a calendar. Mm -hmm. It was like a pinup calendar with these girls, you know, like something you see in your mechanic's garage or something mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. And if you weren't paying, like you had to look at it closely, but if you looked at it quickly, you wouldn't realize that every girl in the calendar was a doll. Hmm. So my question for you guys is then, you know, what is that called? The uncanny valley, which is the more something starts to appear more human, the more unsettling it is. Do you think that's why? Uh, no, I think it's more that we realize the outcome is that the, well, we'll, figure out all our population issues because you have this essentially the perfect relationship. No, I just mean in, in regards to the fact that they took thing, uh, dolls that looked essentially like real people and now they're putting like giant eyes on them. What did you say? Oh, like for that? Yeah, no, that's crazy. Because it's, you know what that is? It's, it's unsettling to see a sex doll that looks extremely human. Well, but the, see, this one didn't look, ex well, it does, but then it didn't look right. No, the bigger thing that popped into my mind was like, how, what kind of, like I was taking the psychiatry point of view of like, what happened to you? Mm -hmm. What makes you 
not want to be attracted to an actual person female yeah. or male or whatever male. well female because i never saw anything or at least not a, a male one that was not you know accurate what what makes you what what is you know turning you off or making you repulsed by an actual female body that yeah. you need to have and like the worst of them all are these um excuse me the uh the magic girl like you guys, you guys don't really watch a lot of anime, do you? No, not really. So, no. like, you got all the regular genres, mm-hmm. and then you have all these subgenres, and and the Japanese love, you know, like everyone else, you know, we're we're guilty of it too. Is they have these tropes and they have these stereotypes, and some of them are really good, and some of them are really original, and they, you know, mix things around, and then some of them are just like I don't get it. And one of the fantasy sort of magic ones is they have this whole subculture called like the magic girl. I don't really pay attention to it too, too much, but it's like these little, it's Sailor Moon kind of falls into it, but in Sailor Moon, they're kind of like teenagers mm-hmm. and this Magica one, they're like tweens. They're like kids. Yeah. And sometimes they'll even have like these men that have like toys that like come alive and they like love their toy and they really dealt. Sometimes they're trying to get at the heart of this otaku thing and, and really trying to make a social commentary. And then sometimes it's just what they call fan service, Right. And these guys are in love or, you know, completely, you know, engrossed with these childlike little girls that can fly around and have little wands and they're so cute and hee hee and they it's do all this stuff. Fuck. It is so it, creepy. It, but it's also, it's kind of interesting because it speaks to, I think, a lot of the suppression and repression in Japanese society and culture. All I know is I'm watching My Hero Academia right now. <laughs> which is which shit. is one of the better ones. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like if you really it want to short shit, yeah. No, no, look, there there's but you know but I mean, with regards to fan service, it does have its moments of that. A yeah. little bit. Yeah. It's not. But it's not over the top. Yeah. No, because, you know, the big ones you're going to have is, yeah, you're going to have like the superhero ones. Mm-hmm. Then you're going to have in the fantasy, the most popular, the most common that you're going to see is like the parallel universe or the destined hero. Mm-hmm. And that usually involves a guy getting, um, usually involves a guy either dying mm-hmm. Or being summoned, mm-hmm. and when they right. be, get summoned or they die, they are reawakened in this other world, and they somehow have an ability, or you know, and it, it really plays into this whole uh, adolescent uh, fantasy. Uh, well, that's like the the oldest story, right? Like it's the yeah, the, but in the Japanese, like apparently, there's this whole thing of I forget what they call it because they made a really good show about that too, where the guys like helping all these kids with their like adolescent uh um why can't not syndrome or maybe it's like it's like adolescent syndrome they call it or something like that okay and you know where they can't really deal with reality and it causes these sort of problems but i guess what i'm saying is is that they're really good at telling stories with animation better than they are telling stories in, in live action in my personal opinion kind of like you know you know how the english all the old english shows were like stage shows like mm-hmm. they, there was like one camera it was like you're going to the theater mm-hmm. and they didn't really know how to tell a story in the in, only in, sort of parallel that i have with that is like you know all of toho's uh godzilla movies it's like holy fuck just show godzilla like it's three hours into this movie <laughs> and i haven't fucking seen godzilla yet like enough but put him you, on the but screen but then you have like kurosawa yeah yeah you know like yojimbo 
I could watch Yojimbo one, like I'd finish it and just start playing it yep. again and watch it again. I fucking love that movie. You know, when I realized, because I really liked the, you know, um, the Man With No Name trilogy, right? And then my dad's like, oh, yeah, if you, you know, if you really like that, you should check these out. And I was like, oh my God, these are fucking fantastic, mm-hmm. right? But, um, well, we wouldn't, like, we wouldn't have had Clint Eastwood in all of his fucking movies without that. Well, we you didn't like, like Panderosa? <laughs> Ponderosa? I thought The Seven Samurai, was, it was, it's one of my favorite films. Um and I think Kurosawa is a, uh, well, he's heavily studied with any kind of film student. Did or, you study him in your film schooling, Chris? Mm, that didn't really touch on Akira Kurosawa. No. But, uh, but I mean, Seven Samurai is in like my top 10 films. Yeah, it's really good. But I, I like, but he even has some bad movies. Like, uh, I was a Hidden Fortress. If you watch Hidden Fortress and then watch A New Hope directly afterwards, you're like, oh, that's where he got you know, the story from. Yeah. He pulled from all sorts of things. Yeah, Dune, heavily. But I, I, I'm convinced to something, just going to, you know, taking a step back from this whole thing. I think the reason why Star Wars is such an institutional thing is because, and this is just my theory, it was unlike anything else at that point, coupled with visually, it was more stunning than anything else up to that point as well. I don't disagree with anything you're saying. I think that really drove the movie and the and the and the and and all of the fanfare associated with it. I think that is correct for its initial release. Yes. What really elevated it or not even elevated cuz Empire was by is by far the best movie they've made so far. Totally agree, right? But um no, the biggest thing that really made it last beyond like 1982 or 83, whenever uh, Jedi came out, was that everything's in it, right? Oh, you like wizards? We got wizards. Mm. Oh, you like gunfights? We got gunfights. Mm. Oh, no, you're a bit more of a, like, uh, you like uh, dogfights and uh, yeah, got those ships too. and stuff? We got that, too. It's all here, baby. You like the Battle of Midway? We you, got that. You, you like World War II? We got that. You like Delta Force? We got that. We you got like anime thing. dolls? You, we got that. <laughs> You like hot chicks? We got that. We got everything. He's like fucking Cheech Marine and Dustal Don. We got chicken pussy. We got chicken pussy. What's this? Apple pie pussy. That's also, a great movie. Also very underrated movie. Yeah. From yeah. Dustal Dawn. Is it I, underrated though? Very, very. Oh really? man, I saw that. Like, that was one of those things where I saw it younger than I should have seen it. Mm-hmm. But I was like, they're going to so show titties. Oh man. Like, you know, I, was, there's so many movies. Like, what was the Van Damme movie with... Uh, it was like nowhere to hide or something like that. Nowhere to run. Nowhere to run. Yeah. I saw that at like Somerset, and my uh, my neighbor's dad. Well, my neighbor and like my his friend, my friend. I can't fucking speak right now. We went to go see it. He brought us to go see it. Didn't realize that there was like nudity in it. And then there's like, oh shit. I'm like, yes, this is the greatest movie ever. <laughs> I just saw what's the that family there with all the. Uh, scary movie, and uh, she was, he was married the to Wayans? the Wayans. No, oh. not the Waynes. Uh, no, he was the cop in scary or not scary movie. Sorry, uh, Scream. There's a whole Arquettes. Oh, the Arquettes. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. it's it's Patricia. Oh my god, the whatever, Ar- whatever. Yeah, Patricia Arquette. Yeah, yeah, she's in it, and she she goes topless on it in it. But uh, I was like, this is awesome because I was I don't know 10, 12 at the time, but uh, you know. Uh, yeah. Listen, I, uh, I titties. It's a, so, <laughs> titties. Uh, my first experience with that was the excellent movie Trading Places with Eddie Murphy 
and Dan Aykroyd. She's got a set of lungs on her, doesn't she? Well, Jesus Christ, man. And Jamie I'm not Lee, talking Jamie, about her screaming. Yeah, Jamie Lee Curtis was like incredible. I remember that was my first. Not that was the all. first time I had ever seen boobs. So not all. I can Deuce pretty much. Deuce who wrote this shit? Harry, c'est la merde. <laughs> I can pretty much guarantee that Chris is saying this to segue into True Lies, right? Who, any chance to segue well, into True Lies? True Lies is one of the. Listen, let's just talk about James Cameron for a quick minute. Because, well, no, but back up. All right, uh, that movie was so good that if you didn't know yeah. who Tom Arnold was. You'd be like, this guy's fucking fantastic. <laughs> yes. That's how good of a movie it was. It elevated. Like, this is the thing, right? Like, Tom Hanks, I love Tom Hanks, but part of the reason Tom Hanks is as good as he is is that he got to a point where he picked movies that had dialogue and lines that he could actually deliver. Yes. You know, I will give Vin Diesel a lot of credit for uh, Fast and the Furious 1, right? Because the first time I watched that movie, I didn't think he sounded like an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Listen. He delivered those lines. Clearly, those are difficult fucking you lines. You clearly have not seen The Last Witch Hunter. I don't know how the Academy passed it up for movie of the that year. Movie <laughs> this year. Honestly, Amazing. it was so great. No, it was awful. It was horrible. It was awful. Vin, I believe you, know, you. Vin Diesel is one of those guys. Let's you be only real. have so much power, though. Let's be real. I mean, he is a big oaf meathead, okay, who's also a and d nerd. He's, he's like... I, I just, I can't reconcile this guy. And no. he actually started his career off in a couple of really good films. Like Boiler like, Room was Bo- great. Bo- yeah, Boiler dude, Room was you good. read my mind. Boiler Room was so good. And he had a pretty- bring any cannolis? <laughs> Seriously. He played Chris, right? Chris yeah. was like the half black, half Italian guy working at, what was the name of the firm? Uh, I, I don't remember. know. Fucking Screw You Over Incorporated. Oh, man, it was great. Giovanni Ribisi, the whole thing. He's another guy, really underrated. That was a good movie. But Vin Diesel is one of those guys- He's like fucking 53 years old. And he's just kind of grown into like, he did the Fast and the Furious movies and he just doesn't have to work anymore. Well, he only did the first one at the beginning. But all I'm saying is, is I remember watching that the first time and I'm like, Paul Walker is fucking a piece of meat on a stick. (laughs) He's a piece of meat. No, but he was, you know, like. He's like a fucking hockey guy. I have no ill will against him. But I'm like, oh, this guy's real. Like, even in Varsity Blues, and I love Varsity Blues. I thought that movie was hilarious. Good movie. You know? But I give it 10. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, like, they gave him such a small part because he just had to look pretty and then kind of disappear, you know, sit in the cast. Like, he had trouble faking an injury and be like, oh, my leg hurts. It's yeah. Like, Go away, man. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Paul. It's like, you know, what did you think of the Chronicles of Riddick? I thought it could have been much better. That director, like, he's a weird dude, man. Yeah. Did you ever, he, I bought the movie. I didn't see it in theaters. Yeah. I bought the DVD, like, in a fucking four ninety nine yeah. bin, uh, and I watched it. And he, he, like, has this, you know, little speech at the beginning of the movie, and he's he's sitting there with glasses on. Yeah. And he's talking like he he's... You know, like he made Citizen Kane or something. Yeah. I know. You know? Yeah. And yeah. I'm like, this the is a sci-fi that, movie about you know, a you know why though because he fucking, sees in the dark. He he was writing that fucking story when he was bouncing at New York City nightclubs. He's like, yo, fucking guy, he's gonna have fucking Who's, no not, Vin Diesel. He's no, fucking, Vin Diesel didn't write it. This other guy wrote. No, it. no, Vin Diesel wrote. He wrote the initial story about the Furian about fucking Riddick. He, he had oh, this idea. Yeah, he had the idea, oh, and he, he brought it to uh, another guy who was working in Brooklyn. Like it was, like, it was like a John Favreau esque kind but of. But I guy. thought the director wrote everything. I thought it was his, no. The I direct. Thought... I think director probably assisted in the screenplay, but the concept of Riddick, the character, Vin, is all Vin Diesel. Oh, I, that I movie made zero it. money, right? 
No, the first, Pitch Black made a, was Pitch it, was, Black was like a cult but, uh, commercial. But Riddick success. did not, did it? Uh, Riddick made money, but it like but it, they spent way too much on you know yeah. unnecessary like, graphics. It, it, they made and, enough that he was able to convince the studio executive to make another one. And then they low budged it, right? Like they yeah, had to bring but, the budget. But the, way the Chronicles down. of Riddick was not like. You know the whole thing with the fucking with Colm, what's his face, Colm, you know, Fior. Uh, Fior. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna fucking, say Meanie, but that's another fucking. Guy. And then Kyle or Carl Urban is in it. Yeah. It's, it's it's like Dame Judy Dench and like fucking, you know, uh, the guy David who's Keith. Not, fucking, yeah, Keith. I, I always want to call him Ron Canada, but I'm like, no, he's not Ron, Ron Canada. Ron Canada. <laughs> but, no, but it's it's like it's full of pretty good star power. They just yeah, you're right. They yeah, but David Keith's character, like you know, not I know they carried him over from pitch black but the way they sort of had the whole thing what was it new mecca yeah you know i was like oh man this looks this looks it was terrible. it was it was just it was just it was just over i just found it weird that. how you went from that and at the end of that movie <laughs> he he rules over the those the necromancers yeah, the necro whatever. yeah it's like weird cult of assholes so he's like, their ruler but then they just ignore all that in the third movie right riddick yeah no no he no they don't ignore it no they, they um he like gets usurped or they throw him off or whatever. They basically try to kill him or he shows some weakness or I don't know. And they, and they oust him. They oust him. They ousted him. But I just feel as though they, they, he was looking for some serious trilogy power on that, like to make this giant universe and a giant arc. And obviously they were like, yeah, let's just try to make a star Wars. He's trying to make a star Wars institution. It just, you know, it was just poorly thought out. Yeah. But you can't have him win the ultimate battle and then be like, let's keep going. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's the problem with all these things. Like even the matrix, right. You know, I was like, yeah, what are your thoughts on Revelations or Revolutions or whatever the hell it was called? Uh, there was Revolution, and yeah. then there was, uh, what was the... Reloaded and Revolution. It's Reloaded yeah. and Revolution, yeah. yeah. Um, wasn't it Revolutions? Wasn't it uh, ma- Maybe okay. Revolutions. I thought it... Look, wasn't it Revelations? I think the biggest... Revolutions. The biggest... Look, Neo had to die, right? Yeah. yeah. That I have no problem with, you know. They always had a big thing about... Um, they always had a big thing about different world philosophies and if you really watch it again you can see how the wachowskis were obviously really struggling with their sexuality right they hmm. was no it's it's so apparent that you know the identity that they go through and the life you're supposed to live and all that other stuff it you know even even if you watch uh uh what's that movie they made with uh pantaleone there uh oh uh not ta- i got taboo stuck in my head but uh, fuck. Where like the the lesbians? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's the girl that wants to get rid of her husband, and she starts, you know. Fuck, I forget. But yes, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's all very obvious that they're consumed with this, and you know, most to be fair, most artists are, you know, obsessed with one thing or another, um, you know, whether they're in a period or not. But uh, it was most apparent in Jupiter. Oh no, 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 no! Uh, Atlas. Uh, the most cloud apparent Atlas, is Cloud, yeah, Atlas. cloud Atlas. Atlas. That was the most apparent. But no, that's fine. You it's know. most apparent in Speed Racer. Speed Racer. <laughs> great idea. Not a great movie. But I, I, I asked you because you know, like they're doing another one, right? So, Are they? Yeah. yeah, they're doing another one. And Keanu has signed up, and I just found it's kind of like you said, like. We don't need anymore. I don't think you know. Well, it, I if there's another completely different story to tell, like I really thoroughly enjoyed the Animatrix. The Animatrix was incredible. Yeah. So 
and those were completely i mean neo was sort of on the side of some of the stories but like the you know how how it happened how they got to this point you know but it was also to help you understand the world right yeah you know, not everyone had to be a hacker to yeah. get out of the matrix, right? Yeah. Like the one where the athletes the athlete, yeah. are like, you know, the getting sprinter. beyond. Yeah, yeah. And then sort of breaking free. Yeah. Um, but, but I just mean, it's, it, it he doesn't, he, he's not, his arc's kind of done in, in my view. You know what I mean? He, yeah, he can be like in it, but I think it's time to like tell a new story or something. Don't no, have, like, I, I think that's what it's going. Well, but yeah. see, then the story is about repetition, but mm-hmm. then the whole point about that story is breaking the cycle, breaking the cycle. Right. Um, and finding a lasting peace or finding some common ground because yeah, it was very apparent that one needs the other. Um, and they well, touch, they touch on that in reloaded, but no, the bigger problem with the movies, in my opinion, wasn't so much the story per se. It was the fact that they 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 fell into this Hollywood trap of having everything have to be bigger. Yeah. And it didn't have to be bigger. It just no. had to be more of the same. Like they got into all this CG. Oh, yeah. You know, but the other. But you know what was, that was though. You know, it, it, like it, I don't think the Wachowskis really wanted to do that. I think the studio heads were like, "This was a fucking. We gotta go. We gotta triple down on this shit." And like, I think there's a certain amount of pressure. But that's or you what, have to do that. No, but that, like, th- this is a movie that had no expectation and and fucking blew up. They yeah. could have held. Look what uh, Ryan Reynolds did with uh, fucking Deadpool, mm-hmm. right? He lied to them. He used his own money, and he you know held to his convictions. And if the Wachowskis, you know, they could have easily done something like that. Like, how can you be afraid of Hollywood heads and then not you know and then come out of the closet? Well, a couple like if of you're the, brave cu- enough, if you're brave enough to be like, I'm born in the wrong body I, I, and this I is think, my new me, think, you're not going to be afraid of a couple of guys in suits. I would well, think. A couple, couple anyway. of differences. Ryan Reynolds was the star of Deadpool, so once once he he, he blew their expectations, I think they were like, we're going to fucking lose this guy if we don't accommodate him. Keep him on as an executive producer, and also Deadpool too was like, it was just like The Matrix Reloaded. It was just like a bigger, huger, more more casted version of the first Deadpool, which actually wasn't even as good as the first Deadpool. No, it wasn't as good, but no. all it really had to be, excuse me, was uh, funnier. It just had to be funnier, which you may, depending on your politics. I thought it, it was as funny. I thought it was as funny. There were definitely parts that made me laugh really hard, like the the guy with no powers there. Oh, yeah, yeah. The, like the that, Dan or whatever that was, his name yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. That, that, X-Force. That was great. Yeah. And it's like, being lucky good. is not a superpower. It's yeah. like, yeah. yes, it is. Yes. Oh, yeah. That, all that banter was great. Yeah. And his his movies are always really good with the dialogue, you know? Yeah. I didn't recognize, well, I didn't recognize her until the end of the movie, but uh, the girl from Domino there, she was in The Joker. She was, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Zazie Bates. The, She's beautiful. She is drop-dead gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah, that, yeah. She was really good in Joker. Did you see Joker, Todd? I hated that movie. You did? No, uh, don't Mother, don't. What? Do you, do you no? Don't don't bother. Don't no. bother. Yeah, yeah just watch Taxi Driver. It's the same movie. No, <laughs> well, see, you're not entirely. You're no, not I'm entirely wrong. Fucking with you. It's you want to know the truth. You want to with me is it's it's um I I think I'm at peak peak comic movie. It's not a comic movie though. But is it like it is it, not? It's not. It really isn't. What it was is that they decided that. I don't know, they want to make a comic movie win an Oscar so that they can sort of break the ceiling, I guess. I don't know why they did it because mm-hmm. it was not made for anyone that cares about the Joker. Because the first thing about this guy mm-hmm. is he's an idiot. Okay. That was the thing I hated the most about the character. Yeah. Is okay. he was dumb. He's dumb. Okay. He's dumb. 
He's the a, Joker's he's a supposed to be dimwit. Like he's, he's supposed to be fucking brilliant. Yeah. Like I was hoping that halfway through the movie, because he was repressed and because he was abused, that he didn't have the confidence or the wherewithal yeah. to sort of be his utmost. Yeah. But you know, he's just sort of you know tumbling through life, and he can't handle reality. And the, the basically the whole movie is don't be a bully, because one day someone might snap and kill you. When they go on a speed, that's basically what the whole movie is. It's like, be nice to the guy next to you. Yeah. Cause you, you don't know like what they've been through or how troublesome it is. It's like, it didn't have to be a Joker movie. It could have just been some fucking art house movie, but you know what? Maybe they, what they wanted to do is like, let's, uh, let's cash in on all these fucking idiots that just go to anything that's fucking DC or Marvel yep. and we'll suck in the first hundred thousand guys until they can go mm. on the internet and blast it. But then afterwards, all the fucking critics that don't give a shit about that stuff will fucking sing our praises because of this and that. And no, so they're not, they're, they're fans of the comics, right? Like the critics that are. Everyone that, if anyone that's really praising this movie yeah. doesn't know who the Joker is okay. and what he represents and who he's supposed to be. Yeah. Because he was barely ever funny. Yeah. All right. In my opinion, anyway. Yeah. And. He he was a fucking dimwit. He was a dimwit. And that's what I really hated the most. You know, my favorite part in The Dark Knight, talk about like, you know, this brings it back to me being one of the only people laughing at uh, Once Upon a Time in the Hollywood. In The Dark Knight, in the first scene with the Joker, with really with the Joker, when he's like, oh, you want to see some magic? Mm -hmm. He's like, I don't know a lot of magic, but I can make this pencil pencil, disappear. I burst laughing. People I were with, turned and looked at me and they're like, what the fuck's wrong with you? I was like, that's fucking hilarious. Yeah. I was the only, like people, it was packed. It was like opening weekend, packed house. I mean, so full that I had to sit like a row up okay, from the so. screen. I'm like staring <laughs> up, like I'm a two-year-old kid staring up at the screen being like, wow. And I'm, I burst out laughing. I was like, this, this is genius. And, you know, even, you know, even if it wasn't as dark, you know, uh, uh, Jack Nicholson is hilarious mm-hmm. as, uh, as a Joker and he's smart and, you know, I was like, you know. so did you, um, read or see the killing joke? Yeah, but that's, I, I get the history. I get the mm-hmm. artistic thing that they're mm-hmm. trying to put in there, mm-hmm. but then just make that movie. Yeah. Yeah. Don't why why do you have to make it a Joker movie? Yeah. Mm, I know. But did you did you guys read it or see that? No, I, I, I knew no. that. Yeah. I think I read it. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure I did. My my brother, the Killing Joke comic, right? Like yes. the graphic novel. Yeah. Yeah. My, you know, my brother really, you know, attached himself to Batman growing up. He, mm-hmm. he just really loved it. Yeah. So I I would uh, you know whenever I couldn't think of a gift to get him, his birthday's actually coming up, I'll probably do something like that to get, get him the killing joke. Well, it's not just that, but I'll get him like the almanacs. Sure. And I'll get him like the big coffee table books and stuff like that. And uh you know with all the facts. Not that he necessarily needs it because you can, you know, look all this shit up online, but he enjoys having <laughs> Chris the loves books. that. Well, Chris, you know, what are you doing tonight? Just looking up stats on heroes, that's all. <laughs> Pornographic stats? No, it's just life stats. How many wives have they had? I, I don't know. I don't understand. He always just looks up like, how random strong shit. is the Hulk really? I have yeah, like the original, shit. I have like the first like 1990 or 1991 Marvel like card collection that has all their stats and all their sort I used, of stuff I used to read it. like Marvel Universe. Remember the Marvel Universe? anthologies and i just fucking just drink i couldn't afford like uh, i didn't have an allowance really Mm -hmm. growing up and uh 
I either like I had a couple buddies that their parents would always buy them comic books and stuff like that and get to hang out with the silver snail. But I just got to look at it from like the outside. Mm-hmm. I remember when I like wangled my way or saved up to buy like the death of Superman. You probably hung out with Chris's cousin then because he worked at yeah, the Silver Yeah, my cousin Snail. Lou worked oh, I, at the but I, like, you know, But I, I had the return. Well, actually, first I asked for it as a gift, but then they got the wrong one and they got... Uh, no, it was... So what was... There's the Doomsday yep. and then there's the, a World Without. That's what I got first. And I was like so disappointed because I was like, this fucking sucks. I had mm-hmm. a World Without Superman. And it was like all in one big... Uh, it was all in one big book. So with the four Superman, yeah. The, so you had like the Son of Krypton, you yeah. had the Man of Steel, you had the like Android, the clone. There was the Superboy Boy, clone yeah. or right. whatever, and then you had the uh, um, whatever happened. Yeah, the, 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 whatever happened to the Superboy clone? What happened to that kid? He was a clone <laughs> of Superman. Yeah, he had he had yeah. s- similar but different powers. Like he he had like a force field or something, and he was manipulating. <laughs> Like it, it was very similar. I think it was like done in Star Labs or something. Yeah, yeah something like weird. that. Yeah, I, I didn't I really remember. pay close attention to it. All I, you know, realized as I got older is that they looked at like New Coke, and they're yeah. like, "How can we reinvigorate? You know, we'll take away Superman so we make you appreciate him, and then we'll bring him back and be like, it's the classic, and you mm-hmm. love him even more." You know, yeah. I got I got to tell you, this wouldn't be an oddly specific podcast without talking about Batman v Superman for a quick. Oh. I'm actually going to chastise you if you bring it up again. Oh, I'll, I'll bring and it up. You know what? You know what you're going to do? I'm gonna you're going to no, up. no, no. You're going to write me a report because <laughs> yeah. you bring this shit up all the yeah. time, and yeah, I'm not just Bruce, talking on this podcast. Yeah, I'm talking in general because you, it deserves it. Because it is. It no, is, no, it is, you, it is you have to explain yourself. I'll explain myself. All right. Why are you obsessed with this movie, Chris? Let me tell you something. I went to Los Angeles. I did the Warner Brothers, the Warner Brothers Studio Tour. Mm-hmm. Making two, me anxious right now. Two and a half. Good, great. I taken out of it. I I spent two and a half hours at the fucking lot. Okay. Going through all the shit, I was like, fuck, this movie was so thought out in terms of even the, even the set design. The Warner guy was giving us the whole fucking thing. Here's my thing. Batman v Superman. I thought Chris Terrio and Zack Snyder did a good job writing that script. What does that mean? What I mean is that I think that the story was sound as a sequel to Man how of Steel. Was it, how was it sound? It Just was, stating that it, it was sound It was does not, does, not an argument. The story was watertight. The arcs of all the characters. Is it a boat? The, the, I'll tell you what's going on. The fucking story was watertight. How so? The, the I'll tell you. Give me a second to finish my sentences. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here's, here's what I'm saying. The fucking character arcs were sound. Okay, I like the character arc of Batman. I like the character arc. Explain of, yourself. I I, th- I just thought they were good. The the pitches were good. That the lobs not, were that great. That is an opinion. Okay, so that is the opinion of yours. I thought the I thought the interesting correlations were Chris, good, and I thought that Chris, the whole formula was solid. Chris. So that's yeah. enough time for that. But you realize <laughs> that you realize that before you got here, strikingly on time, right? That we actually spoke about this. Fuck how, all of you. How you don't you don't. Quantify I I, I, any of your statements. No, I, I can't because you guys talk over me. The bottom line is this. Okay. Okay. Give me fake one. news. Fake news. Fake news. The bottom line is this. Okay. Okay. From from a story perspective, even you agree with me. It's a good story. Yeah, I agreed with yeah. you once, and yeah. you never shut up about it. Yeah, for six it's a good years story, now. and I don't think the movie, and I don't think anybody here would disagree with me, deserved twelve percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Fucking Venom. Venom made less money. That was a fucking awful movie. Does he mention Rotten Tomatoes when he talks about this? Like when Yes, absolutely. Yeah, Yeah, because it's ridiculous. Twelve percent. Twelve percent. So Chris, you are the oldest forty two year old man I have ever met in my life. Why? Because you repeat yourself 
constantly. Because it actually makes me feel better to try to sway people onto my personal opinions on this film. Yeah, but you have to state an argument. The argument is this, is that it did not deserve the rating it got. They should have made another one on the fact that it made $900 million at the box office. It more than made a return on the investment. They did make another one, man. What's the other one? Justice League? Yes. That That is your opinion. I repeat opinion you know what you're and i'm right. not saying right, that your Todd. opinion is wrong you're right they did make justice league yes. and i'm curious to know what the snyder cut of that would have looked like they're actually the cast is actually petitioning for that i really would like to see that yeah you know what i, I guess i didn't think of it that way justice league was just like it was an unfortunate movie post batman okay donna this is the last time that this movie is going to be fucking mentioned on this podcast <laughs> i'll pull the plug on all this shit i don't care it has 28 percent on fucking rotten tomatoes yeah audience score 63 percent hey okay so you just like failed you, your essay chris you so just like you it. people people like the viewers yeah thought it was the amazing. majority liked it the critics didn't are you willing to accept that uh i think the critics are dummies okay i, th- I think it was a, just a just because ben visit. affleck won't return your phone calls yeah ben affleck was a great batman by the way <laughs> Fucking fantastic Batman. He was so I, good. You know what's the only thing better than his Batman? His back tattoos. <laughs> his Phoenix. <laughs> his choices in women. Actually, you know you what know, though? He's a great director. You gotta consider I, that. You know what? I'm giving you a hard time. The truth is, is I really enjoy Ben Affleck most of the time. The town, excellent movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, gone Baby Gone, great movie. Argo, great movie. Really good storyteller. Yeah. You know, when you have to lie about where you were to the police, you have to come up. With good stories. (laughs) (laughs) Kidding aside, right? Right. Because I really know nothing about that whole situation. I just like poking fun. Right. My whole thing is, is that you want to fight for this movie. Yeah. You want to change people's opinions of this movie. Make an actual argument I, no I, no i have no, to correct chris, this, is, chris, this is something no, no, you gotta i'm not listen. gonna talk about no, batman no. v superman no, 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 i'm but. just gonna give you one other example of another movie where i'm equally as passionate okay about the the travesty no, because you'll talk about it on every podcast <laughs> every single podcast it's really so bad the, i think yeah. bruno has a good idea right which is that you write a report okay with two thousand words i'll never do it but okay yeah. no but and then you post it online and right. that'll be it'll be my argument close. That your uh, your argument for right. Batman v Superman, you can post it even on the fucking podcast sure. Facebook page, right? And that's the final comment. Okay, fine, Did, I agree to this. Didn't you final. take some like theater or movie class or something? I was like a that? film major in university. Yeah, so yeah. there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I, and I can do that. Sure, I will do that. You will do that. It'll be a minimum of nine hundred words. Okay, so I promise you, <laughs> I will have this up tonight. Good. If you're going to do that, I I will commit to doing this, and I'll have it ready okay. in a week. By pain of, by pain of, what do you mean? We'll kick in Actually, you know what I'm gonna do if I get invited back, presumably. Yeah, I'm gonna. I have this like these ginseng caplets, right? And I got this stuff in like the dingiest, darkest part of Chinatown. Like, I mean, this like place the, is so authentic. The beginning you, of Gremlins. No, yeah, I was gonna say if you so, if you if you got the right flags, you could buy a mugwai in this place. Yeah. So All you right? went into an underground mahjong parlor called the Golden Lotus to get these things, is what you're telling me. Whatever. James Wang, the one-eyed guy, was downstairs. Yes. Doing this, doing the fucking, <laughs> doing the fucking the L from anyway. Go Kumatai. Ahead. Uh, David Lopin. <laughs> David Lopin. <laughs> but this is this is like hardcore stuff. Right. And I know you love feeling anxious right. and heart palpitations and right. hot, you know, cold sweats. Yeah, I don't. So if you yes. bring it up, 
you will and i'll i'll bring three and if we do anything that you want to punish us for we'll do shots of it too but you, you will you will take this ginseng yeah. concoction this and then- fully sounds like a the deer hunter scene that i don't want to have so like <laughs> russian yeah. roulette with fucking <laughs> no. ginseng you, you, Bruno lives on the edge. I, you okay. know what? I, I just fucking want to watch yeah. Netflix under a blanket. That's what okay. I want well, to we'll, do. we'll get you like a hot sauce or something. Sure, that's fine. Hot wings. We'll do a hot wings competition. Fuck, I'll die. All right. Now, we, we, that's actually we, a great thing because what that'll do, the, the most genius part of that show is it gets people off their guard. It's like they're drunk yeah. almost, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And they start just talking about well, anything. Yeah. The thing with, with a lot of these ghost peppers or the Carolina Reaper or any of these, you know, million point Scoville uh, peppers is that you actually get a euphoria when they start kicking in. Really? It's so painful that you get this weird euphoria about you. So I, I, I'm not saying that we should definitely do a hot pepper challenge, but maybe we should. <laughs> if you talk about BBS again, I'm sorry. I will not. I got, I'll never bring it up again. I swear to God. I got to cut B- this. BDMS? No, B- I gotta cut BDS. this short now. BDS. We got the uh, we got the eleven o'clock uh, siren yeah. going off yeah. now here. Yeah. So I gotta. I'm sorry, guys. We got a lot to talk about. Bruno, you're obviously invited back anytime you want. Yes, to definitely. This is good. Sorry, Bruno. Bruno Ox. Bruno. 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 Yes. Brunello. Yes. I'm actually gonna add three X's to the back. <laughs> just because of the Vin Diesel. Triple X, triple yeah, X. Yeah. The return is Andy Cage. So yeah, man, just come back whenever you like. And uh, thank you for coming. Yes. Yeah. So it's a, it's a, it's quite the night in Bar. I tonight. was, man. You don't understand how excited I was to have someone like you know me. I'm pretty meek. I'm a meek person. I would someone that could meek, stand stand toe to toe with you. I think you're BBS. just too polite. Yeah, I am. I'm fairly polite, but that, I think that's why Chris and I work on this thing is that we're we're very different personalities. I'm very impolite. Yes. Fuck you. Fuck you also. Yeah. Well, you know that's what I do. Yes. All right. Um, okay. Well, listen, that was great. Yeah. Um, and uh, let's do it again. Mm-hmm. And uh, Todd, you're gonna post this tonight, I guess, right? Yes. If you do that, fuck. I report. I'm gonna do the BBS report, and I'll follow up with both of you next time we're doing this. All right. All right. Cool. <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys. All right. Bye. bye. Good night. <laughs>